Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the show. We are the franchise players, J.P. Mundy, and my illustrious tag team partner, Ryan Stone. Ryan, we are knee-deep in college basketball, and obviously we want to talk about what happened yesterday. But first, I want to check in on the mayor, <laughs> who happened to take a daycation to a casino to celebrate the first full day of the tournament. Ryan, how are you faring today after a day in Sin County? I mean, I envisioned you somehow getting tossed out a la jazz from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, there was no reason for me to get tossed out. I uh, I had a pretty good day yesterday. I went uh, went five, you hit five out of six. So of uh, the, uh, the straight up bets. So I had a pretty good day. Now the, uh, the college age, early twenties kids and their parents to the uh, to the left of me uh, from the Atlanta area, they did not. Uh, I, I don't think they hit a bet. Uh, <laughs> they were they were, uh, they were down bad by the uh, by the end of the night. Uh, so my day was uh, was a lot better than theirs. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you had a great day because and this uh, I was I took my wife's car in Ryan on Monday. Um, over to Mavis Tires. Shout out Paul Russo, who took care of me. And he, he was mentioned that he was a betting man himself, and I told him about the show. And so I, you need to be on point today because I told him that he wouldn't be disappointed if he turned in, tuned in to get the, the Stone Cold Locks. Let, let me ask you this question. As I have never been, like the only casino I've ever been to was the one on a cruise ship, right? Yeah. And I was there for like 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, I lost my... 50 bucks in some slots and we were done. Now I understand that like, like in, especially like in Vegas, if you're playing at the tables or something like that, they'll, you know, waitresses, your servers will come up and, and, you know, they'll comp you drinks or sandwiches or whatever to entice you to stay at the table Yeah, for, for you sitting in the sports book or wherever you were, how do they get you to, you know, do they come up and lean in behind you and be like, put everything on Creighton plus no, five? No, no, they, they really don't. Uh, I guess they, they kind of figured that if you're there at a sports book, you were showing up to bet. Okay. Uh, so then I guess they don't figure that they really need to entice you. I mean, they do have like service uh, that, you know, will go get you beer. Or whatever, uh, but it's not free. It's not comped uh, the way it is if you're at a table. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean they do have service. Um, it's you know it, it's a it's a cool setup. The one I went to the one in the one in the uh, Harrah's in in Cherokee, 
Okay. Uh, it, is, it is a cool – it was a cool setup. Um, I'll definitely be going back. So, obviously, the attention at the sports book yesterday was on the tournament. And yeah. it's one of the it's one of the biggest betting days. Uh, to, you know, yesterday and today is one of the bigger bigger betting days in the United States. Uh, but you know, like I said, as I've never been, are people there? Were they more? Are they worried more about their individual bracket contests? Are they talking about? Are they taking individual bets on individual games, or is it mostly parlays? I saw a few people with their brackets. Uh, most people, I think, they were betting individual games. And then, of course, you're going to have some people who throw uh, some parlays together as well. But, uh, yeah, for, for the most part, I think it's people focused on uh, betting individual games. Uh, and some of them, you know, some of them on at the same time. So it can be kind of a – and granted, they have huge screens, you know, for all four games. When there were four games on yesterday, all four games could be seen at right, right beside each other, basically, or below. And – so it was a little bit if you had you know if you have multiple games going on at once that you're betting on it's a little bit of a a back and forth in terms of where you're watching. <laughs> was there a particular play that seemed like everybody in the room was on and you know like I, I worry you know I wonder about the how like the mood changes in one of those places. I, I will tell you, I will tell you the first game of the day Michigan and Colorado State. Yeah. I bet Michigan but it, so it seemed like everybody else had bet Colorado State. And with that, in that first half, I, I had just pretty much, you know, when Colorado State jumped out to a 15-point lead or whatever it was, I pretty much just said, okay, I'm going to have to eat that one. Uh, and then they came back and won by 11 points. And I was pretty much the only one in there cheering when that game ended. So one of the games that I know that you did not play um, – was the biggest upset of the tournament thus far. Yes. But I made mention last night, both on Twitter and our little group chat with our producer, Desmond Johnson, that St. Peter's upset over Kentucky last night in overtime was bigger than the UMBC takedown of UVA back in 2018. And I had people both agree and disagree with me for different reasons, with Desmond, of course, disagreeing because that's what he does. Um, but <laughs> seeing as how DeAndre Hunter didn't didn't play that day for UVA. Yeah, I think I think what, you, what you're driving at is that Kentucky was the more talented team. Yeah, Correct. because yeah, yeah, because all right. In 2018, let's take you back a little bit. Tony Bennett and the Cavaliers were not only a number one seed in the tournament; they were the number one overall seed. They were the number one overall seed. Now, what people forget, though, and this is where Desmond forgot. You know, they said if you were assigned a number in some people's mind, then you are it. Hey, they were the one seed. They were the number one overall seed. They were the best in the tournament. Uh, these seedings are given out by a a human committee. Yes. And despite Virginia never ever under Tony Bennett, they're never going to have a lineup that, that's you know that's threatening to to beat the Knicks. You know, they're not going to have the most dudes. They're just not built that way. They're built to stay close. Um. And play great defense and 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 win games. And one thing that they are never built for is to get down early because they are not built to come back. 
and yes. and and I thought that while UMBC just dominated that game and deserves every bit of their flowers for taking down that one seed. Last night, what St. Peter's did, having never won a tournament game in its history, they beat a bunch of dudes that we just spent a good bit of time earlier in the week on live radio. We, we, we picked them to go to the Final Four. Yeah, yeah. Uh- I mean, I think there's there is something. I think Kentucky was the more was is more talented than that Virginia team was. Um, I also, but I also think St. Peter's is a better team than UMBC. So it kind of goes That's both fair. ways. Like St. Peter's, they run a lot of good offensive sets. Uh, like UMBC, they just hit a bunch of threes that day, and Virginia couldn't hit the side of the barn. It felt like. Um, where St. Peter's was, I mean, they were out cutting. Out shooting, out rebounding somehow, uh, like that they they just won that game. And St. Peter's actually, I, I had forgot that they played at VCU the first game of the season and almost beat VCU. Um, so I mean, that, that's a good St. Peter's team that was was battle tested. They they were ready for yesterday, and I don't think Kentucky and Cal knew what was coming. It seemed like. I have a feeling that this is going to be the longest week in modern Kentucky basketball history. I th- at least in the next of the last twenty some years, this is going to be a very very hard week to be a member of that basketball team in any in any shape or fashion. Um, Cal is rightfully taking um, a beating today and you know I th- there's an article in the athletic that says you know the guy who makes nine million dollars a year with essentially a night uh, with essentially a lifetime contract should be able to find the right buttons to beat a team that's never won a tournament game and I, that's a little it's to me it's this a, is a little much because like coach k has been upset like this yeah before. and we didn't you know nobody really questioned like coach k whether he should get fired when those type of losses happen. At least nobody that I remember. Didn't they? Uh, they lost to Coppin State, right? A long time ago, right? Was that was it Coppin State? I don't uh, – they lost to – They the lost 15, to somebody in Greensboro a the long 15 time ago. Team, the 15, they lost to Lehigh. That's right. They lost to um, With C.J. McCollum. Um, they lost to Mercer. Yeah. And I feel like there there might have been one more that I can't remember. Yeah, and and I I still don't. Yeah, you're right. It's not fair because I, because nobody ever threatened Coach K's job or even questioned his ability to do his job. But uh, he gets obviously a lot more leeway than a lot of other coaches, and certainly when it comes to Coach Cal, um, considering Coach Cal's outlaw image, the other. The other thing that caught my eye, especially yesterday, was as Colorado State um, went down, I saw some hate starting to spew from Wake Forest fans. And I'm sure it happens with fans of other teams and everything like that, so I'm not hating just on Wake Forest fans. But... They were looking at the Mountain West teams, and they're saying, "Say they're saying that you know an ACC team, even in a down year, is better than a you know is more worthy of a bid than an on Power Five team who's getting an at large bid." 
And in my eyes, that's number one, it's old thinking because I understand that a committee is making these decisions and it can get political, but I'm not going to yeah. discredit an at-large Mountain West team for getting in when some ACC teams didn't handle their own business when they controlled their own destiny. What yeah. are you thinking? I. I don't blame like those Mountain West teams. A lot of them, you know, some of them were ranked at times this year, so like it wasn't surprising that they got four teams in. Um, and them getting four teams in was a byproduct of leagues like the ACC being down. I, I don't think the ACC or Wake Forest fans really have that. Like I, I think more like leagues like the A10 might have more of a case than the ACC does because the A-10 only got one team in. They've got you know, two or three teams, like three teams in the NIT. Um, you know, I, I think a league like that, because nobody, like, in all honesty, like, the Mountain West is never going to keep ACC teams out. Like, if we're just looking at holy and being honest about it. Um but on the but like a mid major a mid major league like the Mountain West can keep other mid major leagues from getting bids. So I don't think. Also, we've only seen to this point we've only seen one ACC team play so far. So True. it's hard to and, it, and Carolina looked great. Carolina give did look credit. great. Uh, give them their credit. Um, but it's hard to you know it. it, it if <laughs> what if Duke what if Duke loses tonight? What if what if Miami loses? What if uh, what if Virginia Tech loses? I, one and three in that in that much difference than zero and four. Yeah, and by the way, folks, y'all are still way too high on Virginia Tech. But anyway, I what we're not talking about while people were pointing at the Mountain West, everybody was ignoring the fact that New Mexico State from the whack went in and took down UConn. It looked really good, like led by double digits multiple times in that game. I didn't, and I didn't check. Did we take New Mexico State, or did we go? We did, back we did, we did actually take New Mexico State. Is that the one we came back and, sw- and switched? That was that was the one where we were like, we got to take a twelve seed. <laughs> that was, if and, you we have, decided, uh, and we decided that UConn was the most vulnerable five seed, uh, which I guess we should have said that about UConn and Iowa. Uh, but we got one of them right. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when you guys go out to do your yard work tomorrow, if you haven't heard the special that we did earlier this week with Desmond Johnson. I arguably I think it's going to be more entertaining now to listen to now that we know all the chaos that happened on Thursday. It would be it it, it it's got to be hilarious to go back and 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 listen to our special because we got a lot of stuff wrong. Hello yeah. Iowa. Hello yeah. Iowa. Yeah, Thanks for I, showing up. Yeah, I I I just got I you know I just can't believe Iowa. Were they no. our national champion? No. They, we, we had them in the Final Four, but they were not our national champion. So we got destroyed. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Kentucky was our national champion. Yeah, we went. We kind of went back and forth between Kentucky and Arizona on which one should have been national champion. God bless you, Arizona. <laughs> and Gonzaga didn't look Gonzaga didn't look great until late, and Georgia State was I, hilariously underseeded. I, well, that's, yeah, that's what I, I said that when we did the show, that I thought Georgia State was a really tough 16 seed. Um, yes, you did. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> that was your deal. I, I, I tell you what, we need to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to switch gears 
from the basketball court. We're going to talk about some quarterbacks. Yes, Ryan, we're going to talk about that quarterback. <laughs> the but, goat. More, but, but more importantly, the saga of the quest for Deshaun Watson and the fallout we're seeing as a result of that quest. You're listening to the Franchise Players, Tobacco Road Sports Radio. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Welcome back. You're in with the franchise players. Now, I've rarely seen my partner unhappy. Actually, I've never, I've actually never seen you unhappy. But <laughs> this week, Ryan has to be more happy than normal because of the return of one Tom Brady. And quite frankly, QB12s, what do they call him? TB12? TB12, yeah. The GOAT, whatever. His return announcement, which was done on Selection Sunday, which is a baller move, move on his part. People I mean, were hating on him for that, too. Like, come on, Tom Brady wasn't paying attention to the fact that it was Selection Sunday. He's, he does not <laughs> care. And uh, it really, that announcement really was the catalyst for what's a, been a wild week for that position. And before we get to the fallout, I, I got to ask you, Ryan, if you had to guess, what do you think Brady's reasoning for coming back is? Because as an old married man, I'm betting he got home and was either like, oh, this parenting stuff is like difficult or Giselle like got tired of him hanging around a house. I think there's maybe some of that there. Um, I also just think that ultimately he thought about it and, you know, realized that he was still, he was still way too good to not be playing. Um, You know, you look at the season he put up and the last two seasons he's put up, he's still playing at a ridiculously high level. You look at the NFC, and at the time when he made the decision, and I, I don't do we even consider I don't even know if we consider the Packers a hurdle anymore after what happened yesterday with losing Devontae Adams. Yeah, um, the only other team really is the Rams that is like a definite hurdle, uh, and they were three points away from beating the Rams. And, uh, and a bad Von Miller, way. And um, Miller's no longer there. Yeah, and Von Miller won't be back. Um, so. I think that's also part of it is like, hey, man, I, I can still go win this NFC and take my shot with whoever comes out of the gauntlet AFC uh, <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, now, yeah, and, and I think and when you're talking about the AFC now, obviously the free agent moves over this week, the, the AFC West got considerably stronger. Um, you know, the Kansas, there's a lot of competition for, for Kansas City's top spot there. That league, that AFC West is – like Oakland made the, the – or Las Vegas made the playoffs last year, this past season. And right now, if I had to guess, and even though they just got Devontae Adams and have made some good moves, I would say they're probably the worst team in that division, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like that's – I'm saying that's how good the division is. Yeah, because you're still <laughs> dealing with Mahomes and 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 Herbert. I, this is a, it, it. It is really going to be a, a fun. It won't be for those teams, but it's going to be fun to watch to see what comes out of there. Especially, you know, I I don't think that there's much competition in the in the East for. Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like, 
the Bills have to be loving this because the Bills should comfortably win the AFC East. And because of the AFC East being what it is, like they should easily get the, the top seed and get home right. field throughout the playoffs. Now, when we now let's switch our attention to the NFC, though. What? Please remind our, uh, our listeners what division does Tampa Bay play in? The NFC South. Now, okay. So with that NFC quarterbacks, NFC South quarterback slot filled. At the beginning of the week, all eyes turned first to the Panthers, who had already been very vocal once that, I guess, the situation was largely resolved with Deshaun Watson. They were very vocal about making a run at Deshaun Watson, that he was a a top priority for the Panthers who were looking to upgrade the quarterback position. As we sit here and do this show right now, the Panthers are out. And it would appear that Watson will be a Falcon or Saint, but and, and never mind the tire fire over in Cleveland, who has upset Baker Mayfield by you know by taking meetings with Watson. They made their own run at Watson, and yep. now Mayfield and the Cleveland ownership are at an impasse. And what do you make of the situation, especially with the reporting coming out to not today? Jonathan um, Jones said that the Panthers were out apparently because. Watson's camp wanted a guaranteed third and fourth year on a reworked deal, and the Panthers said, nah, we're good. I mean, can the Panthers – I've got so many questions, but do you think the Panthers, first of all, who say that they're all in on upgrading the position, can afford to say no it's, it's, in that situation? They're, they're in a weird spot because I get the, the baggage and the concern that there is with Deshaun Watson. Um, because just because he doesn't get, he didn't get charged doesn't mean he's innocent. It also doesn't mean he's guilty. Um, I, but I get not wanting to deal with the whole, like, you know, everything that could come with that, all the backlash that could come with that. But this is like, the roster is not that good. Uh, the offensive line's not good. They don't have a ton of weapons. They've got a young defense that's pretty good. Yeah, their defense um, is solid. I'll give them that. But I don't, <laughs> I don't know who they think is going to be their quarterback because I can't see like a Jimmy Garoppolo wanting to go there. Um, uh, I, I can't see. I, I, I don't. Any quarterback that has, you know, like uh, in a Garoppolo's position where he was just one game away from the Super Bowl, I can't see him wanting to come there. Um, I don't don't know what they do at this point. Here's what surprised me as the events unfolded over the week because the only team I first heard of was the Panthers, and then I heard rumblings about Cleveland. Um, maybe having enough or starting to free up enough cap space. And then it came out that both the Saints and the Falcons, the Falcons of Matt Ryan fame, yeah. were diligent, were furiously trying to re- rework cap space and dump cap I and mean, free up cap space to make a run at Watson. And I realized at that point that if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm looking first in New Orleans because it seems that they're playoff ready. Yeah. 
closely followed by the Atlanta Falcons and the, the Panthers. I knew pretty early on that the Panthers were not going to have a shot at this cat, even if they seriously wanted him. I The Atlanta thing just has to be like the allure of going home because who is he throwing the ball to in Atlanta? Yeah, and he did like, say he wanted to be close to home. Besides Kyle Pitts, like there will be no Ridley this year. They lost Russell, Russell Gage to the Buccaneers. Thanks, Atlanta. Um, they don't have. They haven't. They still haven't re-signed Cordero Patterson, who was their most who was their most valuable offensive player last year. They can um, get Julio Jones back now. Julio got cut. I don't think Julio goes back there. But like, I don't. I feel like it's the Saints, but who knows? <laughs> and. And I, I know people. Um, I'm not going to mention any names, but as you know, one person in particular, his name rhymes with Desmond Johnson, um, would tell me that you know New, New Orleans would be a terrible decision because they don't have Sean Payton. If Sean Payton get, gets word today that Deshaun Watson is going to be a New Orleans Saint, well, here, here, here's the he thing. May, he may be making a call. Here's the thing. You don't uh, – can you name me who the Texans' offensive coordinator has been with Deshaun Watson? Uh, wasn't it Bill O'Brien? Maybe. What My point is he won games without good coaching because that's a, the talent he is. He doesn't Correct. need Sean Payton. He does like, not. No, no offense. Like, Sean Payton's a, a great head coach. I'm not, I'm not saying he wouldn't be a plus. But Deshaun Watson does not need Sean Payton to win football games. They've got an experienced head coach in Dennis Allen. Um, I believe their offensive coordinator was promoted from within, so it's a Sean Payton guy. Um, so I, they don't need Sean Payton. Like if now if they went and got Baker Mayfield, the Saints, that's where I think you yes, Sean Payton would make a lot of sense because there are similarities between Baker Mayfield and Drew Brees and what and what. Uh, what Peyton was able to do with Drew Brees, like uh, that would make more sense to me. But I, Deshaun Watson doesn't need Sean Payton. Well, let, let's let's look at it this way. Let's do a what if, a what if rather. If Watson goes to say Atlanta, would you see Carolina trying to make a run at Matt Ryan? And is that a good move for Ryan? I don't, I don't think it's a good move for Ryan at all. Matt Ryan, they're not going to send Matt Ryan to to uh, Carolina. They won't send him in the division. I don't um, think so. And what if the Haslam's cut bait with Baker? I mean, does that yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan would make sense? That Matt Ryan would make sense to any team that is kind of like the Saints. They're playoff ready. They need a quarterback. So Colts, Browns, Steelers, um, New England. Oh. I mean, honestly, I thought I really thought at some point Matt Ryan. You know, last year, not not since they've drafted Mac Jones. Now, I really thought Matt Ryan might end up in New England sure. at some point because of the Boston College tie. But I, I don't think they're going to move on from from Mac Jones that soon. Or, or I, I mean, and what if you know, what if Trey Lance gets into if Matt Ryan hasn't signed anywhere at that point, which is unlikely. But what if they get into camp and Trey Lance is just not impressing, mm. like? Like San, like San Francisco would make sense for Matt Ryan. Uh, so anywhere that a team is basically playoff ready, uh, yeah, I think he would make a lot of sense. You know, Desmond says that he 
he'd be okay with giving up with the Panthers giving up a third round pick for Baker Mayfield if it came not, time, time for that. would be enough. I don't think do you, really because he's not. That's not enough. I think you got It's going to have to be a second. Um, but Baker. my thing, my thing with Baker is as a Panther is it's actually look. He's just he stays just as hurt as McCaffrey does, and this is a guy who wasn't. I mean, he's a dynamic player. When he's 100% healthy, he has shown flashes at times. But he also wasn't effective when he had OBJ as one of his wideouts. Yeah. I mean, there are certainly flaws with Baker Mayfield. There's no question about that. Um, But I I don't think a third-round pick is going to get him. Uh, No. Especially because, like the Browns, since they missed out on Deshaun Watson, they've said they aren't going to accommodate the trade request. So, I mean, you have to, you have to give them something that's going to make them reconsider that. Uh, and I'll, a third round pick's not going to do that. And if they can't get it done, they being the Panthers, the, as we creep closer to draft day, longtime Panthers fans are going to start to get a little bit itchy about the fact that, and if Jerry Richardson still owned the team, I would be near 90% sure uh, assured that he was going to take Sam Howell with the very first pick, pick of that draft. Like, it would be mandatory for a Jerry Richardson Panthers team to take Sam Howell, which I don't know if he's broken or not. He's definitely a, he's definitely a fixer-upper. But I think that that looms large as we get closer to draft day if they can't fix the quarterback position through free agency. Yeah, I mean, they – yeah, I, I think they're definitely in a place where, <laughs> yeah, I think you would have to draft somebody. Uh, maybe not first round, but probably second round. Uh, because, I, you know, the sixth pick is a little high in this draft, especially when you've got offensive line needs as well. Like, there's no point in drafting a young quarterback and putting him back there behind an offensive line to get killed. Um Yep. Address your offensive line first. Um, and Sam Howe, I mean, he, he might be – he probably will be available early in the second round. So, I mean, that's that's a possibility for him. Um, maybe maybe a Matt Corral falls into early in the second round as well. That'd be um, fun to watch. I'd, I'd tune in for Panthers game if I was going to watch Matt Corral try to make some chicken salad. Yeah, I'd be down with that. You know, Pittsburgh, and we've laughed about this. You know, my Steelers went and got Mitch Mitch Trubisky as kind of a, you know, insurance policy. Which, you know, if if nothing else, I have learned that my Steelers are very self aware. They are very much aware of that they're not making us. They are not building for a Super Bowl run right now. Right now, they've got. They're trying not to lose games. They're not, and they're not trying to spend spend a lot of money. So they got brought in Mitchell Trubisky, no problem whatsoever. Trubisky, I would argue, is in a way better situation than Sam Darnold is. Yeah, well, and it's also it's also a new situation. So um, you know, they, there's not the <laughs> there isn't the fatigue. Like Panthers uh, fans are already tired of, of Sam Darnold. Yeah, and also, you know, allegedly Mitch Trubisky can throw the ball downfield, unlike um, other quarterbacks that might be um, in the Steelers organization, <clears throat> Mason Rudolph. All right, <laughs> anyway, let, let's take another break. When we come back for our final segment, Ryan, we're going to play a little game. All right. 
we're also going to get your stone cold locks. I hope you've got like two or three good stone cold locks because remember, uh, my, my friend Paul's listening in here, you know, and then, uh, we're going to give out some Gatorade and maybe some Gatorade. I don't know if we've got any Gatorade. Yeah, I've got some Gatorade to give out. You're listening to the Franchise Players on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Mr. Green. And Stone Stradamus <laughs> is All going right. to use his superpowers developed in during his time being raised in Danville, Virginia. Okay. Getting raised under power lines to tell <laughs> the future of these situations. Are you ready, Stone Stradamus? I am ready. Stone Stradamus, is John Calipari going to be coaching in Lexington next season? Oh, yeah. I, I can't. If they <laughs> If they were to run... John Calipari out of town. I think it would be a colossal mistake because, I mean, really, who are you going to hire that's better than John Calipari? I, I, I just can't fathom that. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, look at all the SEC jobs that are already open. Yeah. I mean, they fired Ben Howland over at Mississippi State. I, I saw that like kind of a blip on, on the radar. I'm like, wait a minute. Howland's out. Tom Crean's out at Georgia. They yep. already filled that, and they filled that. Georgia filled that with Mike White, for, who was the coach at Florida. I don't understand how that happens. How do you go from multiple national championships, national championships in Gainesville under Billy Donovan, and now you're just like giving away your head coach to to your division rival? I well, I, I don't think they were very happy with him. Um, well, no, because he's not Billy. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, they just weren't winning uh, the way that they used to at that point, at this and, point. And Conzo Martin is out at Missouri, and that took longer than I expected. Um, yeah. Conzo Martin is renowned as the ultimate player's coach. There's nobody says anything bad. The only thing people that say bad things about Conzo Martin and his coaching ability are fans who are upset about the record. But, Everybody loves that guy, and he's going to end because he is loved. He's going to get a job somewhere. I hope he does. But there are a ton of jobs open. Oh, hello, Will Wade. Yeah, LSU. That's that. That's probably that's probably the most attractive one of all the ones that you just named. I, I, what, what kind of sanctions are they going to get as a, as a school? That, 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 is, that is the question. We obviously. know that Will Wade, I know the bulk of this, or I have a feeling that the bulk of it's going to fall on Will Wade as it should. He's going to get a, a, a show cause, and Will Wade will be in the NBA coaching here next year. Okay, good for Will. He made his money. Um, he didn't really win anything. But, you know, congratulations to Will. He's left a mess behind. What I can't even think about what the best, most attractive job open right now is in the SEC. Uh, Florida, I mean, Florida's a good job. Um, and I think, uh, I think I know the direction that they are going to try to go. Uh, 
my guess is they're going to make a heavy push for Dayton head coach Anthony Grant, uh, who is a Billy Donovan disciple. Um, the question for for the question for him will be because he has a very good, very young Dayton team. Uh, they're in the NIT, but next year, the year after, I mean, we're talking about a Dayton team that could be as good as the one that we didn't get to see play in the NCAA tournament with Obi Toppin. All right, that's that's fair enough. All right, Stone Stradamus. Should Carolina Panther fans prepare slash look forward to another year of Cam Newton as their QB one? <laughs> should should they look forward to it? Like, I'm saying is is it? Or is it gonna I, happen? <laughs> I'm telling you to look in your crystal ball and tell me who if Cam Newton's the starter. Uh, he's um, not even on the roster right now. I don't think. I think he's a free agent. Are you talking about day one starter? Day. Like, let's 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 say between week one and week three. Oh man. It, <laughs> I, I don't – see, I, I think the next, like, week or two is going to be really telling for their draft plans because I just don't believe that they are comfortable with what they've got on the roster starting at quarterback. So if we progress another couple weeks and the Panthers haven't gotten anybody in free agency, then I could I could see them deciding to make – select a quarterback at number six, uh, like Malik Willis from Liberty. Um, so I'm going to say I, Cam Newton won't be the starter on week one for right now. All right. Do you think he starts at all? Again, if I don't, back, if he's back in Carolina, all right. I'll give him he'll start a game probably, something like that. All right. Who do you like better? Who, who is Malik Willis your quarterback of the draft? Yeah, I think so. Um, not particularly high on this this class, but oh no, Willis and Pickett would probably be the top two, and I think like Willis is just the the better natural talent. I feel like so yeah, the guy I'd go with Malik Willis. And didn't it come out this week that David Tepper loves Kenny Pickett? I didn't see that. Maybe it did though. I think it was Tepper. Right, we'll see. That would not surprise me. All right, Stone Stradamus, the Los Angeles Dodgers now oh, have a lineup. Oh, no. I understand. I know I know this is tough for you, but just listen to me. The Los Angeles Dodgers now have a lineup with an average career OPS, I learned this last night, of over 820. Yeah. Can they win 120 games plus? No, I don't think they'll be locked in enough or care enough to try to win 120 games. Um, should they be the World Series favorites? Yeah, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, it's just you know the uh, the amount of talent they have is is ridiculous. Um, having to watch Freddie Freeman sign to the last place I ever wanted to see him sign is brutal. Um, but and I, I I only like that I won't really be able to root for <laughs> for Freddie. Um, but 
yeah, that's the situation now. So yeah, they should be the World Series favorites. I don't know about. I don't think they'll win 120 games. But. Well, there you have it. That's a Stone Stradamus's crystal ball. Now let's see. Uh, let's see what you have as far as Stone Cold locks. What do you have for this weekend, sir? I'm going to focus on mostly uh, tonight because a lot of the games that I like today uh, don't tip off until tonight. Um, all right, all right. But I'm going to I, I, Chattanooga. Uh, I took it at plus nine earlier this week. I think it's it's still at plus eight or plus eight and a half. I like I like Chattanooga. I love that to cover the spread against Illinois. I like and that Illinois, straight up. It's an Illinois team that against you know their guards have struggled. There's something stupid with Andre Carmelo in the Carmelo in the lineup. Uh, they're like three and they they have a worse record with him playing over twenty minutes than without him. So and he's he'll be on the floor a lot, I feel like. So uh, I think Chad Nuga is a tough out. So I like them to cover there. Um I, I like this this UAB team. I don't think they beat Houston, uh, but I think they'll cover an eight and a half point spread. Jimmy Walker is one of the best scorers in the country. Um I I like I I like this Davidson team. Um, you do like this Davidson. Team. I like they, they're, they're and this matchup is good for them. It's it's a home game essentially in Greenville. Michigan State has been so inconsistent all season, and they just don't really have like a dog on the team that I feel like is going to take take over and get them where they need to go in a game like this. Whereas Davidson is just a, a team of guys that can hit shots make the right play. Um, Davidson is uh, St. Peter's on steroids, I feel like. Um, so I'm going to go – I like Davidson plus uh, plus two in that matchup with Michigan State. Uh, and then I'll throw one more in. I, I like the I like the TCU money line tonight against Seton Hall uh, in the last game that tips off. TCU is uh, – as far as in the teams that are in the tournament, TCU is the best team against the spread – uh, in the in the entire NCAA tournament, uh, so I like I like TCU uh, to win that game against Seton Hall. Seton Hall has been really inconsistent. It's a TCU team that they are consistent. The effort's constantly there. They guard. Um, I Jamie Dixon's a good coach with a lot of tournament experience. So I like TCU. All right, that's good. That's those are solid law. I feel I feel confident. This is the first week I've been very very confident and everything that you have said for Stone Cold Lock. So lock those in, folks. Now it is time to give out a little Gatorade, a little Haterade. I'm going to start. I'm going to start, partner. I'm going to first give out some Gatorade to Jen Hoover and the Wake Forest women's basketball team. Well-deserved. Yeah, they uh, they were called in. They didn't make the initial draw of the w, the women's NIT. Um, it was learning year for those uh, for the Deeks, and but they they accepted the call and to fill in, hosted a game last night, and will advance and they'll play the Blue Raiders from Middle Tennessee State in the second round of the WNIT Gatorade Shower to the Deeks, go Deeks, um, make it to the third round of that large full sixty four team tournament, uh, WNIT. But now I got some Haterade. You mentioned Freddie Freeman. Yeah. I'm going to give out some Haterade to Braves fans. <laughs> Why, whining about losing Freddie Freeman 
Because <sighs> because they did sign Matt Olson, which who did who did hit forty home runs. Which I, I I will acknowledge, Matt Olson. It's hard to replace Freddie Freeman. Matt Olson's yeah. a pretty damn good replacement. Okay, yeah, and, and we're talking. <laughs> uh, we know how much we know how valuable a guy's like Freddie, a guy like Freddie Freeman is to the locker room, to a clubhouse. Yes, those are intangibles and everything, but it's a pretty – if you're going to have to replace Freddie Freeman, they didn't do too badly. But why I'm upset with Braves fans or a, a section of Braves fans who can't let it go is because I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan, <laughs> and my entire team has been traded. Yes. Right now, the last remaining starter, not, rem, not named Joey Votto or Jonathan India, is, be, is about to get shipped to the Philadelphia Phillies, Nick Castellanos. Yeah. All right. My entire, I saw the spring training. They're playing, they played, they're playing uh, Cleveland in spring training games today, Ryan. And I, they posted the lineup of the, uh, the traveling squad. Had no idea. I saw India. Yeah. We've got, we've got Kyle Farmer at, anyway, you know, it, it's going to be rough year in Cincinnati. Sell the team, Bob. You have anything before we get out of here? Do you have a Gatorade or Haterade? By the way, I did not know that they were still paying Griffey that much money. Yeah, three and a half, something like that, 3.3. Yeah, Yeah, through like 2024 or something like that. Yeah. I think. Uh, That's crazy to me. Um, I don't have a lot that uh, I don't feel the need necessarily to, to hate on anybody this week. I, okay. I I had That's too much fair. fun. I had too much fun in Cherokee. Um, I, I give the I give some some Gatorade showers. I guess to uh, watching March Madness at the sports book is a experience that I recommend. I guarantee you, outside of the arena that uh, Kentucky and St. Peter's were playing in, those were probably the only Peacocks chants that were going uh, through groups of people throughout the country. So uh, it was a cool experience. And that, that is awesome. So shout out to the staff and the people and the experience at uh, Harris Cherokee. We've got to go. But before we do, I, I do want to just recognize the passing this week of Scott Hall. Yes. One of the, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, uh, one of the most influential pro wrestlers of all time. He passed on Monday. So for our producer, Desmond Johnson. My partner and tag team partner, Ryan Stone, this is J.P. Mundy saying, hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.